Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Go with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3 tonight. And uh, we want to begin looking at something over the next, uh, the next few Wednesdays that I've just entitled Sound Doctrine. Sound Doctrine. And uh, I won't take a lot of time. I'll just go right to my comment, uh, my first comment. A lack of sound doctrine in the pulpit will produce error from the pulpit. If there's not sound doctrine in the pulpit, there'll be error from that pulpit. And what I see so much today uh, in a lot of areas, people say, I don't understand why this person did this, and I don't understand why this person fell. I can help you. Bad doctrine. Bad doctrine. Uh, when you keep your doctrine sound, uh, everything's tight on the ship. When, when the doctrine gets loose, everything starts falling apart. Because doctrine, I, I'll say this probably again, doctrine is mentioned, I, I counted the word doctrine in the New Testament 45 times. In the pastoral epistles, First and Second Timothy, and Titus, it's mentioned 17 of those times. So doctrine was so important where pastoring is concerned and churches are concerned that Paul told two pastors 17 times to watch the doctrine. But yet what you hear today is you'll hear things like, well, you know, doctrine's not that important. And I'll even hear people say, the Bible said that we're going to come into the unity of the faith, but not the unity of the doctrine. Well, I've seen from the Word of God that the Bible says we're all supposed to have the same doctrine. That, that's God's plan. And uh, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, we'll begin right here in verse 13. Notice the Apostle Paul said, Evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you continue in the things that you've learned, and been assured of, knowing of whom you learned it, and that from a child you've known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God, or God-breathed, and is profitable. Aren't you glad the Word of God's profitable? Aren't you glad when you get in the Word, you profit? Yes. Hallelujah. For doctrine, notice, number one, for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. When it says one translation, the Phillips translation says concerning that, and it's profitable for doctrine, it's profitable for teaching the faith and correcting error. Another translation says, for teaching the truth and refuting error. Over and over again, we see that. So Paul states that all Scripture is inspired by God, that all Scripture is profitable, and the first thing that he states it's profitable for is doctrine. Amen. And then refuting or correcting error. So he tells us what refutes or corrects error, good doctrine. Is that right? Good doctrine. Good doctrine corrects error, and good doctrine protects against error. Hallelujah. The best thing a pastor can do is preach and teach sound doctrine because that protects people from error. Doctrine is a word that means instruction, it means learning, teaching, or doctrine. 
instruction, learning, teaching, or doctrine. And notice here, Paul lists four profitable uses for Scripture. And the first one is doctrine. Why is doctrine so important? Doctrine is vital to a correct understanding of the truth and the reception of salvation. Hallelujah. I, I've got to have good doctrine, sound doctrine, so that I can correctly understand the truth and so that I can correctly receive salvation. Hallelujah. Number two, he said it's profitable for reproof. That word reproof is rebuking or conviction of sin from reading or hearing the Word of God. That's important to conviction, to repentance, and confession. There are times that you'll be, should I say that again? Rebuking, reproof, rebuking or conviction of sin from reading or hearing the Word of God. It's important to conviction, repentance, and confession. There are times you'll be reading the Word of God, and you'll read down through a chapter and read a couple verses, and then you'll hit on a verse, and it's like, oh my, I need to change that. What is that? Reproof. Where did it come from? The Word. Hallelujah. When, 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 I'm, when, I have, when I am under sound doctrine, God can speak to me clearer. Because I don't have to go through all the falsity. Amen. Think, think about this. There's a doctrine of prayer that says when you pray, you're supposed to pray, Lord, if it be your will. When you go and you pray about anything, if you're praying about somebody to be healed, you go and you say, Lord, if it's your will, heal so-and-so. Bad doctrine. Right? Now, we know that. But think about that. The person that doesn't know that, how are they going to struggle in their prayer life? And why are they struggling in their prayer life? Bad doctrine. Not bad people. Not even somebody. They, they have faith. But they're praying wrong. You can have all the faith in the world and have bad doctrine and faith won't work. But when they're going through the Word of God and they see in the Word of God, whatever you ask in my name, I'll do it. Whatever you ask the Father in my name, He'll do it. Well, see, that just corrected the error. Amen. Amen. Then He said, it's profitable for correction. That's restoration to an upright position or a right state. The Word's profitable for correction. Bring, it brings me back to a proper relationship with God. The Word of God does. It brings me back to an upright position. Hallelujah. A right state. And then he said, the fourth one is instruction in righteousness. Training. Discipline in righteousness. That's profitable because that training in righteousness gives me God's view of life's priorities. This is what God says is important. And I, and I get that from the Word. And it all starts with sound doctrine. See, if the first thing on this list is out of line, everything else is going to be out of line. If the doctrine's bad, nothing else... If the doctrine's not sound then nothing else is going to be sound. Hallelujah. Do, do you see that? Everything in a body is interconnected. Everything. Everything in your body is interconnected. If, you're, if your neck's out of place, your shoulders are going to be out of place because it causes you to sit different, to lay different, to walk different. When you, get your, when you go and you get adjusted and you get things put back in alignment, you, they'll fix something in your neck and you'll feel it in your hips. Well, there's three or four feet between my neck and my hips. But what was up here was out of alignment. If doctrine is unsound, everything else will be unsound. When the doctrine is unsound... You find people laboring under shame, 
laboring under guilt, laboring under condemnation. You find people that don't know who they are in Christ. You find people that don't know how to receive from God because the doctrine's bad. Oh, hallelujah. If doctrine is unsound, the people will be unsound. When something incorrect is taught, the result is error and it produces a spiritual deficiency in the life of the hearer. You know, you can eat anything you want, but everything you want is not helping you. Everything you eat is not helping you. There's a lot of filler out there. It'll fill you up, but it has no nutritional value. And you can be full every day and be nutritionally deficient. Amen. See? That, that's, that's why I've got to watch it. We, we, we've got to learn something. And we'll read this further on. Paul said, if you see or hear someone preaching unsound doctrine, mark them and have nothing to do with them. Avoid them. That's how, that's how important sound doctrine was to the man that wrote the majority of the New Testament under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Now, I know there's something to be said for chewing the hay and spitting out the sticks. But you know, it wasn't Paul that said that. And I'm not against it. You know, I hear people say that, and Charles Capp said, well, I'm all about chewing the hay and spitting out the sticks. He said, but one time I had a horse that chewed the hay and the stick, and the stick got hung in his throat, and it had to have a little help getting the stick out. I don't want you chewing sticks and getting them stuck in your spiritual throat, and then we got to take six months to try to help you get them dislodged. Amen? Have you ever been around somebody and they'll eat something and they won't feel good and they'll go, every time I eat that, that happens to me. Then why'd you eat it? Like the guy went to the doctor and said, Doc, every time I do this, my shoulder hurts. He goes, well, don't do that. Hallelujah. Say out loud, I do not want spiritual deficiency in my life. That's what's so important. Amen. And you'll hear people say things like this. Well, if it's, if it's so wrong, if it's so wrong, why has that person got this following? Or, or why is that person this or that person that? Well, listen, it's, it's easy. It's easy to get numbers when your doctrine's not sound. 2 Timothy 4, 2 Timothy 4, verse 1. I charge you before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing in his kingdom. Preach the word. Be instant, in season, out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort. How, how are we supposed to do this? With all long suffering and doctrine. Because the time will come, they will not endure sound doctrine. Notice it didn't say they won't come to church. It didn't say that churches would be closing left and right. He said people in the church won't endure sound doctrine. And so they'll do something. After their own lust, they will heap to themselves teachers because they have itching ears and they will turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables. When you begin to reject sound doctrine, then you start looking for somebody that'll preach what you want to hear, and you turn your ear, you turn your ears from the truth and start listening to a myth. That's what the word fable is. Amen. Do, do you see this? 
Notice that Paul told Timothy to do all the things the word was profitable for in these verses. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. And he told him to do these things with. Now, I'm throwing a lot at you, but this is important. The preposition with, it denotes a fixed position. A fixed position. A, a place, a time, a state, or it denotes the instrumentality. So he says, I want you to reprove, exor- uh, re- reprove rebuke, exhort with, or here's the instrumentality, here's the fixed position that you do this with. All long-suffering and doctrine. In other words, he's saying, here's how you do it, Timothy. Patiently teach doctrine. <laughs> Patiently teach doctrine. Oh, glory. See, that, 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 that's, how, that's how you do it. Every minister in the five-fold ministry has to have sound doctrine, but every minister, every ministry gift is not anointed to teach sound doctrine. Your sound doctrine comes from the church that you attend, not the preacher you watch on TV or the evangelist that's blowing in, blowing up, and blowing out. Amen. That's so important. He said they would not endure sound doctrine. This is interesting. They won't put up with sound doctrine. Or they won't bear with it. They won't have the mind or patience to receive sound doctrine. Oh, hallelujah. Is that right? And he said these people would heap together or they would accumulate teachers who would say things that tickle their ears. Notice, they would go find them. They would go find somebody that's saying what they want to hear. Instead of enduring sound doctrine. Hallelujah. And the idea behind itching ears is this. It's that of entertainment. That's the idea behind itching ears. These people want their ears tickled with sensational or stimulating preaching. Hmm. So that's not the entertainment just like smoke and lights that so many people have a problem with. This is teaching and preaching that has no substance. It has no weight. It just causes an emotional response, but it doesn't produce any change. That's so important. If we had more preachers that weren't preaching to get a shout and they were preaching to cause people to be sound in their doctrine, we wouldn't have some of the problems that we face. Amen. That's so important. Because the result of the gospel is change. The result of hearing the word is change. Something gets fixed. Something gets turned around. Something gets healed. Something gets remedied. My life is better because I heard the Word. Even if it corrects me, even if it reproves me, even if it sets things in order, thank you for setting things in order, Word of God, because I needed that. Amen. That, that, that's so important. That, I say that's so important. And, and what the enemy has very subtly done is anything that's reproving, anything that's corrective, anything that's rebuke, re, uh, uh, rebukeful in nature has become legalism. Oh, that's legalistic. Right? For, for instance, and, and I'm going to say this straight up, 
Anytime you hear people and they're always talking about this has been done away with and this has been done away with and this has been done away with and that's under the Old Testament and that's under the law and we don't have to do that because that's all Old Testament, you better run. Because the scriptures that Paul said were profitable was all Old Testament. There were no scriptures but the Old Testament then. Paul was not writing his letters for Scripture. He was writing his letters to to impact the churches and to help them grow. They were inspired by God and put down as canon, and and that's right. But the Scriptures Paul was talking about was the Old Testament Scriptures. He said the Old Testament was profitable for the four things that we talked about. He said the Old Testament was profitable for instruction in righteousness. See that this 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 is right. I remember one time I was watching a minister, and he made the statement. He said, "You got to be careful what red words you read, because all the words of Jesus are not for us today." People say, "What'd you do?" I looked at my wife and I said, "What did I hear that right?" The words of Jesus are for all people of all time. See, where do you stop? That's unsound doctrine. When one domino falls, the other ones are going to fall. Am I helping you? Hallelujah. You want ministry with substance. With weight. I don't just want an emotional response. The result of a refusal to hear sound doctrine is they turn away their ears from the truth. And that implies a deliberate refusal to hear the truth of the gospel. They turn it away. Hallelujah. When this happens, notice, when this happens, they are turned unto fables. That means they wandered from the true path without knowing it. And the word fables equals or means myths. They start believing myths. You know, there's no truth to a myth, it's a myth, it's a fable. When I was growing up in school, all those years ago, we read a book called Aesop's Fables. It was all fables. It was all about Greek mythology, Greek myths, mythology. It was all myths, no truth to it. It was exciting, exciting stories, no truth, no doctrine. I was talking to a brother before church tonight, and he said, he said, I want you to tell your wife. He said, after that message, it pre- she preached Sunday. He said, I went back to my job, and he said, my mind wasn't the same. I wasn't thinking the same. I wasn't saying the same thing. He said, what a change. In one service, my life changed. See, that's not a myth. That's the word. That's sound doctrine. Your life should be more sound from coming to church. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. The way to avoid this is sound doctrine. The, the, the intent of a minister, of a preacher, of a pastor should not be how much can I make them shout, but how sound can I help them become. That's the key. Look, I like to shout, and I love good shouting. I'll, I'll run at the drop of a hat. You know that. But, but here, here's the thing. What's more important is how sound can people become. Because when the challenges of life come, and they come to everybody, it's the soundness of your doctrine that's going to determine where you end up. Amen. Hallelujah. Do, do, do you see that? 
in uh, 1 Timothy 1, 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 3. Notice this. As I besought you, he's writing to Timothy, I besought you to abide still at Ephesus when I went into Macedonia that you might charge some that they teach no other doctrine. Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies which minister questions rather than godly edifying which is in faith, so do. And I told you doctrine's a key word in these pastoral epistles 17 times in the pastoral epistles. And notice Paul told Timothy, I left you there to charge them to teach no other doctrine. Hmm. The Amplified Bible says no different doctrine. And he said that this wrong doctrine would minister, notice, questions. Questions. I thought that was interesting. So I looked at it a little deeper. One translation, actually the Lily translation, says such studies promote controversies the confraternity translation says they begat here's the word controversies controversies a minister who thrives on controversy is usually unsound in their doctrine Controversy. The word, the word only causes a controversy with unbelievers. The truth can be controversial, but the truth is sound. When you're preaching the truth, you don't have to make statements like this. Well, I don't care what anybody thinks. I know people aren't going to ask me to preach no more, but well, I've been there before, hadn't I? And there's this arrogance. There's this air of, I don't care what anybody thinks. This is a fresh revelation, and I'm going to teach it. I don't care what it, that's controversial. That's not good doctrine. That's not good doctrine. Hallelujah. I shall. See, that's important. You, you, if you want to know if doctrine sound, listen to the spirit that something's ministered in. If there's a meanness about it, there's something lacking in the doctrine. For instance, if you preach the sound doctrine of righteousness, you don't got to beat people over the head about sin. Because you're teaching the benefits of being righteous. And you're teaching people that by, by virtue of the fact that they're righteous, they've already defeated sin. They just got to walk it out. See, if you're here tonight and you don't think sin's been defeated, it's because you haven't had good doctrine. Jesus defeated sin. And he defeated it. Listen, in the Bible, in Isaiah 53... 1 Peter 2, those are verses that we, we go to for healing and we should. But it uses the word our over and over again. Isaiah chapter 53, he, he, he bore all these things in his body. He bore our griefs. He bore our sorrows, our sicknesses, our diseases to the tree. Peter said he bore our sins in his body to the tree. How did Jesus suffer? He suffered vicariously. The word vicariously means instead of or as a substitute for. So instead of me suffering for my sin, he carried my sin and suffered for me. Right? 
Why, did he, why was he capable of suffering for me? He never gave in to sin. He was the perfect sacrifice because he never sinned. And he paid the price for my sin so when I was born again, I could walk in his righteousness and I don't ever have to sin again. Unless I, that's, see, that's good doctrine. Now, there are people that are unsound in their thinking that will go and say, that pastor says that we, we can't sin. I didn't say you can't sin. The Bible says you can sin. 1 John 1, 9 says that if we sin, and he was writing to believers, he said, if we sin, confess it, and he'll forgive it. Is that what he said? But the fact that you're righteous means that you will have to use 1 John 1, 9 little to none if you live like you're righteous. That's good doctrine. It's good doctrine. Amen. I like that guy. He's hard on sin. He needs to preach good doctrine. Because what people very often call hard on sin is beating people up. Mm, let me move right along. Amen. Yeah, but I just, I just believe we need good, more good hard preaching on sin. We need more good hard preaching on who we are in Christ and what was bought and paid for at Calvary for us. That's, that's where the victory's at. Not, not these what Paul called endless genealogies and controversies. We got, we've got so much to do for God. We've got so many people to get saved. We can't get into all this garbage and baloney about what was under the Old Testament. And that's not for us today. It's not good doctrine. Not good doctrine. Amen. That's, that's that whole thing that I tell you all the time about some brownies I got for you. Right? And I made those brownies, and they have milk and sugar and flour and chocolate. And, and, and man, that chocolate is gooey in the middle of them. And there's just a pinch of cow manure. I mean, I dried it out. You won't even, you won't even know. I don't even know where it's at. I put it in the bowl and blended it. I don't know. You probably won't even taste it. Matter of fact, I can guarantee you won't. But I, I doubt that you're going to eat those brownies. See, that's elementary, but that's how people get turned from the truth. Is they just start accepting a little bit of sound doctrine, unsa unsound doctrine, a little bit of bad doctrine. Well, you know, it won't hurt me to watch them today. Yeah, I, there's just little in that brownie. Hallelujah. And I want you to understand, I'm not against anybody. I'm against bad doctrine. It, it bothers me when people that are trusted starts preaching bad doctrine. Because sheep are trusting. And when you preach bad doctrine, you violated their trust. You're going to put those sheep in a bad spot. And then the only way you can rescue them, if you can, is repent and say you preach that bad doctrine. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Notice he said... Uh, he told Timothy, charge them, command them, <laughs> order them to teach no other doctrine. You reckon Paul would have been called controlling in the day and age we live in? When you, when you look at this and you study this doctrine, understand something. The Bible says in the book of Acts, you remember this verse? It says that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. Is that what it says? In the apostles' doctrine. What they had been taught by the apostles, that's what they stayed with. 
Amen. You got to be very careful of people that are saying we can do away with things that our fathers taught us. Well, you know, the Bible's expanding revelation. Yeah, but it doesn't get unsound. I know more about the word than I did 30 years ago. But my doctrine has gotten more sound. Okay, here's something. I won't, I won't even use something that's, that's, that's uh, uh, relatively recent. Here's something. Healing was done away with when the last apostle died. Now, you know, in word and faith circles, of course, we don't believe that. We giggle at that. <laughs> but there's millions of people that believe that. There's millions of people that believe if they get diagnosed with cancer, there's a reason. God's got a reason for it. And they go to a church that teaches them that. Well, they just don't have the light. They have bad doctrine. That's the danger of bad doctrine. I had a lady come into the church. Come, she, she came, I don't know how many months she came. And uh, she was not, not this location, the Kansas location. And she was sick. She was obviously sick. And she would come on Sunday nights to our church. And every time that she would leave, boy, that healing anointing would flow. And she'd feel better and look better. And then she'd come back the next Sunday night just looking like she had looked. Well, I found out she had been diagnosed with inoperable cancer in her body. It was throughout the organs of her body. And she heard that we, well, I'll tell you who it was. It was a lady in our church called, named Bonnie Groniger, amen, who stood through cancer herself and is now cancer-free. Hallelujah. But she said, she was a friend and said, you need to come to my church. And she came and, and the Lord had me lay hands on her and, and she felt she would feel so much better. And, and I finally, I went to the Lord and I said, Lord, what? Why, why is we have this up and down? And the Lord didn't reveal it to me. Somebody told me what was happening. She went to a church where she went back after being touched by the power of God and told the pastor what had happened. And the pastor said, you need to be careful trying to get rid of something that God might be using to teach you a lesson. And the second time, he said, God might have given you that cancer. Do I need to tell you she died? And she died needlessly. And she died because of unsound doctrine. That pastor is probably a good man. Probably loves people. Bad doctrine. That's bad doctrine. I said, that's bad doctrine. When you start teaching people that the ordinances of God have been done away with and they're passed away because that was under the Old Testament, you're, you're walking in dangerous territory. That's unsound doctrine. That's unsound doctrine. Amen. There are still multitudes of churches that believe that women can't preach. Amen. And they'll use that verse. Women are to stay silent in the church. But they got a woman leading worship. They got a woman teaching Sunday school. Got them doing announcements. They can teach in the annex building, just not behind the pulpit. Well, you know, if this is what you call the church, if we set you up in the toilet and you're teaching in the bathroom, you're still teaching in the church. Even if you're a woman. What does silent mean? Silent, it means none. Don't talk. Don't say anything. It's bad doctrine. Because the same Paul that said that then turned around and said, but in Christ there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek, bond nor free. The same Paul that said, let your women be silent in the church, said if a woman prays or prophesies in the church, was he forgetful? No, man's bad doctrine. 
came in and put all that in there. Paul was talking to wives that were sitting in the back of the building and couldn't understand or hear, and they're disrupting the service and saying, hey, what did he say? He said, wives, if you want to ask your husbands a question, ask them at home. Don't disrupt the service. He was talking to wives and husbands, not just women in general. I'm not preaching about women in ministry. I'm showing that's bad doctrine. My dad used to say there are men preachers that say women shouldn't preach because women can out-preach them. (laughs) Hallelujah. You heard that tonight. Glory to God. See, that's bad doctrine. I say that's bad doctrine. Amen. I got about five minutes. I, I think I can finish. That's bad doctrine. You know, grace is one of the foundational doctrines of the Bible. It's imperative that you understand grace. But when you take grace and you put it in the context of bad doctrine, then you get into, over, into all this mess that you can do whatever you want, and live ever how you want, and you don't have to worry about living right because after all, we're under law. and We're not under the law, but we're under grace. Well, all that means is that you're not under the law. You're not under what you can do. You can't defeat sin on your own by the law. You're under grace that gives you the power and the ability to live over sin every day. Grace is not a get-out-of-jail-free card. Grace is the power and the ability of God to live above sin. That's, That's good doctrine. And then people use grace right. That's why Paul said to Titus, he said, you need to teach this, that the grace of God has appeared unto all men, teaching us to deny ungodliness. So grace will teach me to do that. You you start moving the foundation stone and say, well, that's because this is not for us today. Amen. When I was a boy growing up in church, we used to sing that song. It it was good for Paul and Silas, so it's good enough for me. You say, that's old. I know. I've been in church a long time. (laughs) It was good for the prophet Daniel. It was good for the prophet Daniel. It was good for the prophet Daniel. Hallelujah. Then we say, makes you talk in tongues and holler. Makes you talk. (laughs) Hallelujah. Woo! Glory to God. Oh, pastor, that's weird. I know, but we had good doctrine. Think about that. There are people that want to change and act like we need to change ordinances in the church that have changed your life that's bad doctrine that's bad doctrine you know you will never hear Paul say the phrases like you'll hear people say today you know that's not for us today Paul says there are certain things that are done away with in Christ Let me, let me share this. You got, you got time? The Ten Commandments. Are they valid? They are valid, aren't they? But the Old Testament believer had to try to keep those Ten Commandments in himself. With his willpower. The Bible gave us, the New Testament gives us one commandment. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength, and your neighbor as yourself. And what did Jesus say? If you do that, that's the fulfilling of the law. In other words, I don't have to worry about keeping the Ten Commandments. If I love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my mind, all my strength, there are people that will tell you that's legalism. Teaching people that they have to love God with all their heart, their soul, their mind, their strength. Jesus said that. 
Jesus, our Lord, our Savior. He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. In other words, you can take everything they said, everything they said, and hang it up on both those commandments, and you'll walk it out. When somebody starts saying that's legalism, that's bad doctrine. If you're going to love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, you're going to do it. You're going to make the effort. When something comes on your TV that's ungodly, and you love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength, you got to make the effort to change it. You can't sit there and let sewage run through your living room, and, and well, I love the Lord, The Bible says, I will set no evil thing before my eyes. I won't do it. Now, people say that's legalism, but that's why their faith won't work. Because their spirit hits a check. Their their spirit hits something. There's, There's a subtle condemnation there. That's why Paul told believers, don't lie to each other. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. Amen. Let me finish right here. Romans 16. See, it's it's good doctrine. One time, there was a wind of doctrine blowing through. And you know, I don't want to miss anything. I'm like Dr. Lester Summerall. Lord, don't let anything happen on the earth that I'm not right in the middle of it. Amen. Amen. And I went to the Lord about it. And I said, Lord, what about this? I don't want to miss anything. And he said to me, stay with your fathers and you'll stay safe. That's what he said. So there's a wind of doctrine that blew through recently. And I, I, I'm, I'm blessed, I'm honored that my pastor over the years has shared his notes with me. And so I went and searched my database of his notes. What did he say about this? I found a message he preached in 1983 about that very subject. And when I pulled it up on my iPad, the Lord said, See, stay with your fathers and you'll stay safe. When you start moving the boundaries erected by your fathers, the Bible says you get into the fields of the fatherless. And it said, when you do that, you exact a curse on yourself. Because you're not supposed to be there. That's for somebody that doesn't have a father. I have a father. You have a father. We, we have good doctrine. Romans 16, 17. Are you ready? I beseech you, brethren, mark them that cause divisions and offenses Contrary to the doctrine that you have learned, and avoid them. For they are such that serve not our Lord Jesus Christ, but their own belly. And by good word and fair speeches, deceive the hearts of the simple. I'll go through this real quick. The Phillips translation says, steer clear of them. The RSV says, avoid them. Today's English says, keep away from them. The Amplified Bible says, I warn you to turn aside from them and avoid them. Now that's challenging, but notice what he said. The problem was, they teach contrary to the doctrine that you've learned. So what does that mean? That means if you're watching somebody and they say healing is not for today, you're supposed to just sit there and watch it, right? I mean, chew the hay and spit out the sticks. No, he said, I warn you to turn aside from them. Avoid them. Well, you know, I like that guy, but he teaches that tongues are not for today. Why are you listening? Yeah, but you know, that denomination, Pastor, that's that's good people. 
I'm not saying I'm not denying they're good people and I'm not denying that they're going to heaven, but I'm denying that they teach good doctrine. Remember, we've been teaching on Sunday mornings, don't believe the lie. How do you not believe a lie? You don't listen to it. Amen. If you hear somebody and they say, well, you know, tongues are not for today. They were, there was a dispensation. They're not for today. I can't tell you what to do other than by the ver- verity of Scripture. You've got to live however you want to live. But here's the bottom line. According to Paul, I should get away from him because that's not good doctrine. Because how much bad doctrine can you hear and it not affect you? The Bible says this about the word of God in Jeremiah. It says the word is like a fire that burns the chaff and like a hammer that breaks into pieces. The Amplified Bible says the rock of even most stubborn resistance. There are times that you take the infallible word of God and you hit a situation with it and it doesn't appear that it moved. But according to scripture, you have compromised the integrity of that problem. Because the, rock, the hammer breaks into pieces. The, the reciprocal is true. You can be solid in what you believe. And if you're listening to bad doctrine, it's affecting you whether you think it is or not. Nobody is mature enough to listen consistently to wrong teaching. Nobody. Amen. You stay with your fathers. And you'll stay safe. I'll end with this. The reason we have a lot of the problems we have in the world today. With people believing things and we look at it and we go, well, that's nuts. It's bad doctrine. Bad doctrine. I'm telling you, it's not because there's not a church on every corner. There is. And it's not because the church is weak. The Lord said to me not too long ago, he said, make no mistake, light will never overcome darkness. And he said that we, the church, are the light of the world. We're the salt of the earth and the light of the world. The darkness will never overcome us. But if the light that's supposed to be shining is teaching bad doctrine, we're going to have a problem. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I'll stay with my fathers and I'll stay safe. Say it one more time. I'll stay with my fathers. And I'll stay safe. Amen. I hope you receive tonight. Let's stand up, shall we?